Welcome to Season 2 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. You are listening to Reframe Your Life. This is Episode 12, and today Joanne and I are going to be talking about decision-making and how we can make better decisions. Joanne, how are you? Hi, Sandy. I am full. <laughs> full? I, I am full. My brain is full. <laughs> My time is full, and I'm just feeling full. I'm refusing to say the B word. I'm refusing to say the T word, but now I probably have to say them, don't I? Well, otherwise we'll be filling in with our imaginations what the T (laughs) word is and what the T word is. So, yeah, maybe you should. I don't don't want to say I'm busy. I don't want to say I'm tired. So I'm choosing to say I'm full because because I chose the – I made decisions that have led me to be full. (laughs) Good. Well – I know how full you are because we've been trying to schedule a time to get together. And I actually appreciate using that word. I think the language, the words that we choose can really affect how we see our situation. So good, good, good on you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm doing, I'm actually pretty good. I took yesterday off. So I had an event planned and I also was feeling very full And I just had to step back from it and decide that I really couldn't go to another event and that the best thing in self-care for me was to spend a day at home. So I actually pulled out of something yesterday, which I struggled with doing. Uh, It wasn't disappointing to anyone that I pulled out, but for me, with my value of not wanting to let people down and Um, honoring my commitments it was hard but it was a good choice I think I made a good decision yesterday Mm. so how did you how did you get to that decision Sandy I phoned you (laughs) yeah I talked to you (laughs) no I did text you Um, I yeah I had to kind of think it through a little bit you know I had to break out what I was doing why I was doing it what was most important What would be the kind of repercussions if I pulled out? Was it I going to hurt someone or anything like that? And then I just made my decision. And so, yeah, it was a bit of a process. It wasn't I just didn't wake up and decided not to go. I really thought through the decision. So it was a good question. Sometimes we have to go back on some decisions we made and um, make sure that there's a good process and reasons, I guess, in doing that. Right. And I think sometimes I make decisions without giving myself time to really look at the big picture of my life. So somebody invites me to something and I look at my calendar and I say, yeah, I'm available. So I I agree to it. But what I need to do with my calendar is not let my calendar be the only criteria for whether or not I can do something. Yeah, I think that's why I've got myself to the point of being full. I knew it would be a busy time and I kept thinking, okay, I just got to get through to this week, you know, on my calendar and it will be better. I got to get through this week and I'll have a bit of time to kind of breathe. But actually what I found is as each week goes by, something else comes up as it does. And so 
when I thought I would have space, that space is no longer there because I've filled that space. But you know what? You've just made me realize something, Sandy. When I was actually working, I used to carve out well, sorry, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? When I was actually working, because I actually don't work now. <laughs> Let me go back. Let me go back. When I was working for someone else, I used to carve out time because I had to write a lot of reports or, you know, prepare for performance reviews or whatever it was. I used to carve out time in my calendar to do that. And I would not sacrifice that time for anyone unless a big emergency through management or something came up. But if it was a partner wanting to meet me or, you know, I wouldn't sacrifice that time. But just having this conversation with you, even in the first whatever we are, five minutes, I realized, because I did, I actually had today carved out (laughs) as a me day. (laughs) But then I fill it up and that's okay because I've chosen to do that. So when I choose to do that, I have to bring my best foot forward. But I, after this episode today, I need to go back to my calendar and carve out some time and and not – it's just it's that hard balance we play with being a consultant, right? And I'm sure everyone actually, even if you're not a consultant, but I felt like when, I don't know, when I was in a role, it was easier for me to do, but now I'm trying to make sure I meet everyone else's needs and, and uh, I'm just finding it a little bit more difficult, I suppose. Yes, I agree. I think it's harder to have clear boundaries when you're self-employed. People don't seem to understand them. And sometimes we don't, like you're saying, we don't honor them ourselves because we we get into this flexibility mindset and we think, oh, yeah, I can meet somebody for lunch now and then I can write that report tonight or I can, you know, do it on Saturday. But then we find that we're working all the time and we're you know, we might be working every day and never feeling like we get a break, Mm -hmm. like we get a day off. So I I think it is a good practice to build in time in your schedule for some of those um, for yourself and for some of the things that you need to do, like reporting and some of the proactive work as well that we Mm. tend to push off. So decisions, we just, we really launched into that just with our little updates there. So we make decisions all the time, obviously, not just about our time and how we plan our days, but we're constantly making decisions. I, I remember reading one time that by the time you leave the house in the morning, you may have made like 200 little mini decisions, you know, like what to wear, what to eat, what to, you know, to check in the weather, you know, what shampoo to use, what conditioner to use, like there's what products to use. There's so many decisions that we make all the time we're constantly making decisions now some of them are become habitual and some of them become decisions that we really need to take some time to make but it is i think something that's worth talking about and thinking about periodically and doing a little check-in with ourselves on how we make decisions so that's what we want to do today we wanted to take our life reframers through a little bit of a process of thinking about how do you make decisions. So, Joanne, how do you make decisions? As you were saying that, Sandy, you know, by the time we leave the house, we make decisions. That is why people kind of look at me as if I'm weird because I exercise first thing in the morning. And honestly, that is partly the reason why. 
because I say to them, if I work out in the evening, I've got my all day to talk myself out of it. True. <laughs> so waking up and just getting straight out in the morning, I don't have to make a decision. Like it's just ha- that habit that you said. Part of the decision making process for me is a, is checking in with my values and really kind of working out, okay, how does this decision or where does this decision align or not align with my values? Healthy eating, for example. I like to eat healthily the majority of the time. Yeah, I'm going to ease up on that if I'm having a bit of a break from that, but I'm not going to do it all the time. It's not going to be a habit to not eat healthily, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to make a decision to eat unhealthily all the time. I'm going to go, okay, yep, this is my weekend. I can perhaps lax it off a bit, but back during the week, I'm going to be firm in making decisions about putting good healthy food in my mouth does that make sense yeah so you've you've kind of made a decision ahead of time so in the moment it takes away the decision so when somebody offers you potato chips (laughs) on a tuesday afternoon you already know no um monday to friday i don't eat any junk food so i don't have to make a decision with bigger decisions then there's a bit more of a process of weighing up the pros and cons. So one thing might be talking it through with someone like like yourself, um, trying to get a different perspective. And I made some pretty, you know, decisions that haven't worked out. And that's what one decision I made a little while ago was to invest a fair amount of money in some learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, we both made that decision together. And we kind of weighed up some positives, you know, looked at the learning, assessed, had had a number of conversations. It didn't work out so well. And of course, uh, I would have been a contributor to that in, in one way. But the learning that came out of that was, okay, I needed to talk to a few more people rather than just relying on, on some of the positive voices. I needed to ask if I could speak to some more people who had gone through that learning so that I could have got a, a broader picture. So, and I just recently made a similar decision to invest in some learning for something I wanted to do. And I really had to weigh out that decision as well because of the cost of the investment. And I was thinking about what it was that was the tipping point for me to make a decision to go forward with it. And I did similar to what you just described. I talked to people, got their feedback. I did my research. I looked at what people had said about the course that had taken it before. And then when I finally made my decision, I I weighed out the value of the course for me in terms of what it would what the return on the investment would be. So I felt like mm. so the course was $3,000. And I decided, I think that if I use what I learn in this course, I will easily make $3,000 in my business in the next two months. Mm-hmm. So for me, then it became uh, less of a financial decision. And I, the, it kind of tipped the scale in, in the way that at the very least, I'm going to break even on this because the first time I use it, I think I'll be able to make that amount of money back. So that was really the tipping point for me in that decision was thinking, so what will I lose and what will I gain in this decision? Yeah, so like a bit of a reframe, right? Because um, 
we can get stuck on, oh, my gosh, it's $3,000, it's $3,000, I can't afford it, it's not a good time. But when you reframed it to what can I gain out of this and looking at the broader, bigger picture, then, yeah, you're able to come up with a different decision. Yeah. And, and I think that's certainly part of the process. Like I said earlier, we don't deliver, you know, you didn't, you didn't set out to disappoint your friends for not turning up to whatever event you didn't turn up to. We don't, we don't set out in the morning to make bad decisions. Well, I know I don't. I'm sure you don't, Sandy. I'm sure listeners don't. You know, <laughs> okay, what bad decision can I make today? Many of us use the process. I mean, this isn't necessarily rocket science to people. Sometimes we don't necessarily understand or, or can't articulate the process that we use. And so I think the, the key point here is just in decision making is it's not about being right or wrong. It's about what was the process you used and what can you learn from that? Even in decisions that worked out well, I just want people to know we, we kind of with our language, like you said at the very beginning, we can say, well, it's the right decision or the wrong decision. And I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me, Sandy. I think we sh- we need to be careful with using that language of right or wrong because we don't necessarily know what's right. I think it's more about I made the best decision I could with the information I had available. Right. So it, when you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, there's and good and bad, right? Right or yeah. wrong, good and bad, that kind of language. Years ago, I don't know why I just thought of this book. It was called The Paradox of Choice. I don't know if you ever saw that Ooh. book. But the part of the premise of the book was that the more options we have, the harder it is to make yeah. a decision. And yeah. so we live in a world where we have endless options, it seems sometimes. Like I ju- we just bought a new vehicle and that you know you start looking at make and model and features and price and there's just so many so many things you can be looking at and it it was almost overwhelming to the point where when we ended up buying a car my husband said to me I think what happens with us sometimes in decision making is we just get so tired of all the <laughs> options that we just get to a point where we go that one will work <laughs> just kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that book, The Paradox of Choice, I'll put I'll look for a link to it because it was quite a while ago I read it. But it's even if you if you go to a mall and you decide I need to get something for to wear on I don't know New Year's Eve and you go to a mall and you start walking around, it can be overwhelming. You can go from store to store to store. But if you go and you to a mall and you think I'm going to buy a sleeveless black dress got this really narrow criteria it just simplifies everything for you mm-hmm. so I think that's part of making a good decision as well is you know you're talking about your values but I think it's this whole thing about what's your criteria for making this decision like things like time limit like I'm going to go to a mall and I'm going to buy a dress in an hour will definitely change the experience, right? You you just yes. say, okay, this is what I can get. It's like when you hear people, sorry if I'm just going off on a tangent here, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about when people fly into a city to and they are relocating and they have a weekend to buy a house, you know, or they have a week to buy a house. house like <laughs> they have to make a decision. But if you say, I'm going to buy a house and you, you can look for months or even years before you find the perfect house. Because if yeah. you start getting into that good and bad, right or wrong, it's, you can just get paralyzed. 
in making a decision. That's true. And I don't know if it's the same book, but uh, there, there is definitely evidence-based research out there that suggests even in group work, if you put some parameters around, it is challenging and people find it challenging, but they often come up with uh, more effective decisions and more thought out decisions, if you like. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And around process. So you're talking about, you know, yeah, you're trying to find a car. You can go through the process. Oh, this, that's quite not, not right with that one. That's not. I get um, impatient with the process. I can talk about it and I can go through a bit of a process, which we'll talk about, but then Sometimes I can then get impatient and go, okay, we just got to make it. Like, are we in? Are we out? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Well, and that's partly going back to temperament as well. We've talked about personality tests. And with the Myers-Briggs, you and I are both J um, on there. So we use, we, that's the judging um, part of our temperament where we like closure. We don't like things to be open-ended. So at a certain point, we do become impatient because we feel more comfortable when a decision has been made. Whereas people with different temperaments, like the perceiving temperament, the P, they feel more stress when they've made a decision because now the options are closed and they feel locked in. So there's a little bit of that in play. And that's a really good thing, Joanne, for us to remember as Mm. J personalities that sometimes we will make a decision just to make a decision because Mm. we feel uncomfortable with decisions that aren't made. Whereas Mm -hmm. other people who are listening to us may be perceiving and they, they may need to make a decision and get, and that will be uncomfortable for them. But at some point they may have to say, I just need to decide. Once a decision has been made, we're like, we're done. It's out of our minds. Decisions made. But then that person wants to keep coming back to revisit the decision. Right. (laughs) We're like, we're moved on now. Sorry. What, didn't we discuss this already? Like, what? Didn't we have that conversation? So, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Personality does come into it. So, okay, so we need to be careful with our podcast. We've got a retreat coming up. Good mm. point. Yes, because we yeah. do, We, you and I tend to be like very chop, chop, chop. Like more than almost anyone I work with, you and I can put together a plan and what we're going to do and just go with it. You know, we both like to make decisions. Yeah, but I think we're also aware of that. I mean, I've certainly been aware of it with with all of my previous work experience and try to value the process and understand the need for a process, which to me is do the homework. Make sure you've got enough information. Make sure you've spoken to enough people. Don't you love it when we do, you know, we talk about a subject on here and we're the ones who go away going, wow, I really (laughs) learned a lot, which is pretty well every podcast for me, but yeah. It's good. Which is kind of why we like to do it too, you know. We want to know. bring value to others, but we're also we get well, we get so much from our conversations. So, so um, true. Okay, another yeah. thing with decision making that I've thought a lot about my life is the role, and I think this really applies to women who most of our listeners are female. But if you're not, that's okay. You can think about this as well. Is the role of feelings in decision making because <laughs> I. Read another book on decision making. I was looking for it today, but I think I've lent it to someone. And the author of that book says that he believes that all decisions are emotion based, that we do not make rational decisions at all. So his, his thinking is we make a decision 
and then we rationalize it. What do you think about that? I agree when it comes to clothes and travel, maybe when it comes to frivolous decisions, only because I can feel guilty after making a lot of those decisions. And I can't quite think while we're talking in my head about actually business decisions. But I was just, well, I was in New York this year and it was, you know, it was hot, right? It was 30 degrees, but there were some little ankle boots in this store and I went in and I was like, oh my God, these are amazing. And I tried them on. They were more than I would normally spend with the, especially with the exchange rate and stuff on uh, a pair of shoes. And I was like umming and ahhing and Ashley says, okay, well, what have you got to wear with them? You know, we go through the decision making process. And I'm making up stuff and I did have clothes to wear, but when I got home, what do I have to buy? Yeah, what do I have to buy? What do I have to wear, but what could I also buy to wear with them? Um, and then when I got home, I was like, okay, was this the right decision? Should I have spent this? I mean, again, no right or wrong, but should I have spent this money or should I have used the money for something else? It's so funny, Sandy. Every time I wear them, I'm like, yes, that was a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you and you have to kind of validate the decision, right? Yes. That's yeah. That's great. I love it. So what about you? I mean, are you, yeah, emotions. Into, I'm glad you brought it up because I was thinking about that too, you know, emotional-based decision-making. Yeah, I think that a lot of decisions become, I don't know if I would say all of them because I try not to make those absolute statements in my life in general. I never make absolute statements. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I try not to and... So to say all decision-making right away, I, I feel like, well, you can't say all decisions. You know, some are rational. I think a lot more than we admit are, though. I mean, you've probably, we've all been in a situation where we make a decision, even though we know there's a better, better decision. So to have a second or third glass of wine, to have dessert when we're trying to lose weight, to, you know, maybe those things are frivolous. Sometimes I remember taking a job and I knew that job wasn't the best fit for me, but I did make it emotionally because I wanted to get out of a big commute I was doing every day. And so even though I knew that, I still made that decision, um, even though I knew it wasn't a great fit. So... Yeah, I think we probably, yeah. if we're honest, we make more emotional decisions than we want to admit. Yeah, and I think there, um, that's where I get into the kind of the right or the wrong and the good and bad. I've done that too, Cindy, and I've tried not to chastise myself over it. But again, I've gone back to I made the decision I needed to make at that time. And if that was the thing that helped you get out of the situation, I, I'm thinking that's okay because I've done that too. And if I felt stuck, could I have done it another way? Oh, absolutely. But if I felt stuck and, and my way of feeling okay from walking away is to have something else to walk away to, um, even though it might not be what I see as the perfect opportunity or whatever at the time, um, I've. did you learn something from taking that other job that you took to get out of another situation kind of thing? Well, yes, because I think there's yeah. always something you can learn and you can look yeah. back and, and think that it got me out of where I was and in, into where where I am now. So it, was, it wasn't a total waste. Again, that right or wrong, good or bad. Yeah. 
I was just thinking, it's kind of like when you do investments and they always ask you how risk adverse you are when you're investing money. And I think for some of us, when we're making decisions as well, that's one of the criteria. Some of us are more risk adverse than others in general. So um, making a decision we want to think about. So for me, I made that decision. I knew I was making it because the um, job was a lot closer to home. And I think there's part of me that is okay with a bit of risk. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. It got me out of the other job. Whereas I think other people may struggle more in, in a decision like that because they maybe want more security in their life. And so taking a step like that might make them feel a little bit insecure. I think the values that we've spoken about, your temperament, personality type, and definitely your risk radar and your you know comfort of risk. Growth and change comes from being able to take some risks. So, but with decision making, there is no guarantees. With decision making, there is no guarantees. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, it'd be great if we all had hindsight before we had to make that decision. Um, but I would say, yeah, don't get stuck. Getting stuck and not making a decision is making a decision because yes. you are cho- you are deciding to stay where you are, or not. You're deciding to not go on that holiday, or like it's, it's still a decision. And sometimes fear can be paralyzing because of that. I've got to make the right decision. I don't want to make the wrong decision. So I think either reframing or writing the pros, pros and cons and looking at, okay, what, what could be the worst case scenario and really using a bit of a process, mm-hmm. getting enough information from everyone, speaking to those people whose opinions matter and that you respect, making sure that you make the decision for you that you want to make. Right. Mm. So I also want to add a point about second-guessing yourself here because mm-hmm. – I don't like to regret things, but I, at the same time, I think sometimes regrets are natural to feel like we didn't make the best decision. And if we could go back, we'd make a different decision. That goes with that hindsight. You, you only know what you know, and Mm. you make the decision based on that. And you can really hinder yourself. And I think hurt yourself when you start second guessing your decisions after you've made them and start doubting the decision you've made and and letting yourself kind of go down that path mm-hmm. of I could have made a better decision or just second guessing yourself. I remember about that, will I regret it when mm. I'm older? I think tattoos fall into that category <laughs> as well. And I remember talking to my son about Um, he has quite a few tattoos and just talking to him about that at one point, like, do you think you'll regret getting those when you're older? Because that's something moms say. And he was like, Mom, how many like 70 year olds are looking at themselves and thinking, wow, if I didn't have that tattoo, I'd look great. (laughs) He's like, I feel like when I'm 70, it'll be like, that was part of my story. That was part of what I did. And, you know, it's, I'm not going to feel that way. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, we don't know when we're 70 how we're going to feel about our decisions. I think we'll have maturity to look back and say, I'm, you know, that was something I decided, whether, you know, a tattoo or to have kids or not to have kids or whatever it is. And 
look at what I, I got, what that decision brought me on a path that I wouldn't have gone on otherwise, you know? So I think we can be philosophical about them and not, not let ourselves get beat up about them. Yeah. Or beat ourselves up about them. Beautiful. Yeah. One other hard decision I made was to leave the job I was in. And there was so many people around me at that time, you know, to start a business and so many people around, Oh, I wish I could do what you're doing. And I said, well, you know, you probably can. Yeah, we, we made a decision, but we knew we might have to adapt our lifestyle. We knew it was going to be hard. We knew I'd have to look out for certain areas that I need that I may not get from working alone at home. And have I always thought, oh, that was the right decision, if you want to say right decision. And we didn't, we didn't know. And, and we had a parameter, like, we, we said, okay, we'll give it three years and we'll see how, you know, you do everything you can to make it work for three years. Then we'll revisit the decision. And if I wanted to go back to work or had to go back to work, it wouldn't mean it was a bad decision. It was just something I did through my journey of life and uh, realized either I love being an entrepreneur or I don't like being an entrepreneur or I, I need a, a little bit of part-time work or whatever it is that I need. But, I mean, I say it so easily, but it's not, it hasn't been easy. It's always, it's always at the forefront of the mind, just trying to embrace. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, reflection is huge and we, we can start with our, like reflection is absolutely huge in the decision making process even before you make a decision but then also once the decision is made and along the journey of implementation or whatever you whatever the decision is about continuing to reflect on what your needs are now what the objectives or outcomes what you're trying to achieve who you need to engage with is really important. And that's a, that's a journey individuals need to go through um, and decide what that journey looks like on their own. Right. So right now, I just did this course recently, and I'm looking at developing a online learning program. And initially, when I started the course, I thought that I was going to create a program for my corporate clients, that I would um, take this course it was going to help me with the design of the program and the marketing and all of that so very excited about it and started creating the program and then I realized so this goes with that reflection I started reflecting on it and thinking I really wanted to develop a program for women but I know the corporate market and I it's my comfort zone and mm. so as I started to revisit that decision about who am I designing this course for, the reflection piece really helped me to think about what's the outcome I want to achieve. And not just in this course, but in my whole business. You know, do I want to focus on corporate clients exclusively? Or do I, I have this desire to focus on developing programs for women as well? So... I think reflection is really important and sometimes when we step back and do that we might realize that we're making the wrong decision and um, our heart is calling us to something different. Mm. Yeah, it's that inner voice, right? Yes. I have to be doing this, I have to be doing that, I should be doing this. What, what do you really want? What do you desire? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, 
Yeah. And then, and then, so now the next step is to do your homework, gather as many facts and information out there to assess your options about that. Right. You know, the corporate side, if you're really, you've got a pull to the other side, what kind of course do women want? What, what are their information needs? Are there enough women who want, uh, it's online, right? Online courses and stuff. Yeah. So gather that information to help make, help you make a decision. Yeah, and, yeah. and I am. I'm, I'm excited about it. Like I feel so yeah. much more energy around it. Which, instead of it's another corporate course, it's oh, I'm doing something scary but new, and so I'm really energized by that. See, now that I think is an important part of the process too, Sandy. When you get excited, like internally excited about things, that's where your passion lies, and I think that is actually a good check-in that I'm on the right path here. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm on a path that I need to be on because this is what I'm excited about. If I'm not so excited about this other piece, but that's the piece I know, the corporate pieces I know, it, maybe that's when fear is getting in my way. So now you're getting excited about this other thing. So you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to start combating some of that fear stuff, right? So, yeah, I love that. I think that's, I mean, you know, people can call it intuition, call it what you like. I just think, if you're getting a little bit more excited and passionate and enthusiastic and you've got to draw to one, I think that needs to be listened to. So that really falls under the whole reality in our model. And mm. then there's the, the next thing for decision making using our model is realigning. So, you know, sometimes when we're making a decision, like what I've just talked about, we have to look at the possible outcomes in the decision and look at things like what's the worst thing that can happen and this is where that whole idea we've just we've already talked a little bit about this but that test and change attitude comes in for me so you know I can go down this path and if it doesn't work out I can go down another path so you know we we can realign our thinking around decisions a little bit yeah it's not a disaster right I mean, some decisions out there would be, but that's where you also, part of the realigning is weighing up the pros and cons. Like what's the worst that could happen? What's, what's the best that could happen as well? Match the pros against the cons. Can any of those cons or negatives be reframed in any way? Or what do you need to do? What do you need to put in place to minimize those as much as possible. Exactly. And sometimes those cons are fear-based, right? So yes. we're looking at things and you know, if we look at them and say, is this a fear I have or is this a reality that can change that list as well? Yeah, we, we use a similar process. And again, we don't sit down there and go, okay, what's our process? <laughs> we just a lot of time we, we do this kind of automatically and don't really understand that we are in a process. But I think when, when, when you bring awareness to the process, you can make sure that you're not skipping any parts and really be a little bit more satisfied that you're not making an emotionally based or a rash decision, if you like. And I know I spoke it in season one, you know, when we were um, want, uh, asked to move over to Ontario and we, we said no a few times and because we didn't want to lose what we had and we didn't want to leave the mountains. And so um, we reflected on it a lot and we identified, okay, do we move or not? And then we did a little bit more homework and we said, okay, instead of saying no straight off, we need to explore. So then we actually started doing our research about what was on this side of the country. You know, okay, we won't have the mountains, although some people in Ontario think there's mountains, but there's not mountains. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, we won't have the Rocky Mountains, 
But what else is there? And that was us doing our homework. That was us gathering information. Then we made a bit of a list of pros and cons, possibilities and some outcomes. And then we went into the relationships. So we were obviously having this conversation with each other. I think I spoke to some of you who were living in Ontario at the time as well. You talked to you know, me. What, yeah, I what's it like? What do you it, yeah. do? And moved over and do we do whatever we can to make sure we're happy and and comfortable and we take the goods with the bads and know that that's just, again, all part of the process. That's great. I think along with relationships, it's good, you know, we've talked about having those few really close friends in our lives that we really listen to. I think that sometimes, well, we don't do this very often for each other, but I know that Brian will do this once in a while for me, is I'll be making a decision and he will say to me, I don't think that's the right decision. And sometimes I find that really irritating. But then I know that 99% of the time, whatever decision I'm making, he'll say, yeah, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'll support you. You know, it doesn't matter. He very rarely says to me, I don't think you should do that. So mm -hmm. when he does, I really listen to him because I feel like, okay, he's seeing something that I'm not seeing here. And quite often he's right in those, in those situations. So I think sometimes with relationships as well, it's even if someone close to you is making a decision and you think, I'm not sure they have all the information, or maybe I see this is a real emotional decision and they just can't separate their feelings from the reality here, just to be able to say to the, that friend, you know what, I just want to give you my perspective here as part of your decision-making. With more people and even more people who don't think like us, right? Yes. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just, I don't think we do that very often for each no. other. And so, you know, I know if you were to say to me, if I was mm. getting something in or doing something and you said to me, I don't know, I, don't, I just don't know if that's the right decision. That would mean a lot to me. I'd really mm -hmm. step back and think about it. This has been a good discussion. I hope we've been able to offer some insight into people. I, I think there is there's the process, what, what we spoke about, like identifying it, look at the choice, do your homework, get your research, look at the possibilities, the pros and cons, have conversations with people you trust. But then there's also values, your personality, your risk tolerance, that gut feeling that you need to weigh up as well and make the best decision you can with the information you have available and do whatever you can to implement that decision. So thanks, Joanne. I, I know that this has been helpful for me and I just want to encourage our listeners to think about their decision making a little deeper this week and kind of pay attention to what's going on when they're making decisions and we'll have some great links and resources in our show notes this week around decision making as well thank you hi life reframers did you enjoy our episode today if so please leave a review on itunes or google play also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca